Hello and welcome to my six-day Christmas special series of Silence, a podcast that gives women in science, technology, engineering and maths, or STEM, an opportunity to be honest and open about what it's really like surviving and thriving in an often male-dominated world. I've reached the half-year mark, which means that each week for the past 26 weeks, an incredible woman in STEM has shared her stories and experiences. She may have been a public figure, the girl next door, or someone from a far-off land. What's special about silence is that all my guests have been deliberately kept anonymous and disguised to ensure that we're not distracted or even intimidated by her achievements or what she looks like. I'm Dr. Shanice O'Mara, also a woman in STEM. I studied mechanical engineering and ended up as a television broadcaster. Through my work reporting on some cutting edge technology and innovation over the years, I've met some incredible females from a diverse range of STEM fields, and some of them have been brave and kind enough to share their personal stories with me on this show. These women have been doing groundbreaking work within the world of STEM, but what has been most impressive and inspiring for me is learning about their human side. Here are some of the best sound bites from across the first 13 episodes. It gets raw, upfront and transparent, and I hope what you hear in the next half an hour over the next six days resonates with you too. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even leave some comments and reviews. I'd love to have your feedback. Enjoy. I think anonymity is useful in terms of making it a little easier to open up about certain things and maybe about how certain things made you feel. It's hard to speak up in meetings. I'm worried people aren't going to take me seriously. I mean, I've actually always been a bit of a tomboy growing up, so I've always kind of preferred hanging out with the guys. But now that I'm a professional and, you know, uh, I, I am very much in touch with my feminine side as well, more so than when I was a kid, so I like to wear um, feminine clothes. Um, and I like to look nice and all of this sort of stuff. And so when I'm turning, when I turn up, for example, on site, um, there is a big difference between, say, me and then male contractors and um, other specialists on site. So I think what I've had to develop is just that ability to make other people feel more comfortable and let them know that it's okay. You have to laugh at yourself at those moments. I haven't had a point where I've totally wanted to throw in the towel, but I've had times where I've had too many moments of feeling a little bit down about something and saying, okay, this is too hard, I can't do this. You have to have some self-preservation. If you feel yourself going through that, you have to walk away from something, but it's time to just step back and say, okay, you know, my frame of mind is really important and I have to take care of myself. And if I feel that I'm challenging myself too much or it's I'm taking on too much you just take a breather i personally believe that's very normal we're all human we have a threshold you know we can't be at the max all the time you know constantly 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 pushing yourself what engineering lets you take things apart and look at things critically and even look at things that you wouldn't expect to be able to analyze like a machine you can analyze like a machine i suspect that at some point a lot of the women who take this path whether or not they're experiencing those kinds of situations kind of internalize this idea that they have to perform extremely well. I also wonder to what extent that's just kind of the personality of the women who tend to make it all the way through, you know, the, the women who make it through the gauntlet. <laughs> um, back in high school, my mom and I would get into fights because there were some nights where it was my turn to cook dinner for the family and I would say, no, I have to study for my AP test. I have all this, you know, 
high school classwork. Like I really can't cook dinner tonight. And I would get grounded from dinner. So there would be, um, there was this one time um, where I wasn't allowed to eat at my home anymore because if I wasn't willing to cook and provide for my family, my mom would not um, do that for me. And so I would need to leave the house and like go eat dinner at the neighbors or find food elsewhere so I can um, continue (laughs) studying for my AP classes. So I just, I became very stubborn, I think that way. And I remember very clearly that, okay, if you want to be able to excel at school, I just had to do the work. And from then on, I made sure I studied. I think I remember that very clearly. I just made sure I studied. I knew I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be knowledgeable. I, 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 I have a quest for learning. I love learning up to today. I, I feel like learning is like, is like breathing to me. My advice would just have to start with, why not you? I don't know if I would do anything differently because I think each step of the way led to where I am now. Um, so it might have been like the, not the most desirable road traveled because it did take a minute um, to get where I am. Um, but I think it, it took like each step of the way to have like the understanding that I, I have today. And like, this is where I want to be, you know, because again, I think that's why I'm just so like focused is because like this is the outcome that I'm working towards is the outcome that I've worked really hard for kind of thing. Um, And again, I think that's my, you know, my advice also is like, I think it's people's inner voices that stop them from succeeding like way too much, you know, because like, I'm going to say like 95% of the time, our inner voices are not correct. Um, Our inner voices are just, you know, society um, and self doubt. And that's not something that should be listened to. If it doesn't come easily, like that doesn't mean anything. Like that doesn't mean that this isn't where you should be. It just means that you're going to have to work harder than the person next to you kind of thing. Um, But if it's something that you want, why not you? I was in a long-term relationship until my early 30s. Um, And at that point, I really wanted to then go on and travel. Um, And for various reasons, we we broke up. And I think all that time in my 30s, if I'd have met somebody at that point, then, and it was the right person, um... And I think where I was at in life with what I wanted to fulfill, I suppose, from traveling. And I think my career was part of that, but it was a variety of things. Um, it wasn't until I met my husband and just literally at my, uh, I was about 37, um, that it just, it just almost felt like it clicked into place. He was at the right point. I was at the right point. And, um, and it wasn't even that we rushed into having children. Um, we did talk about really early on that just because of our ages, because, you know, it's, it's equal on both sides, um, that we're both the right, same age, um, just because of our ages, we shouldn't be rushing into that. Um, but we were very fortunate that we, we were able to have children at the time in when we did, um, and you know, I, I was—I'd be a real advocate for that. Is um, you know, I've got a sister who had children in her early twenties as well. So she's now going on to do. Um, she's gone on and done her study, and she's got a master's in psychology. She's got an opportunity to do more, um, like a PhD through her work placement now. So she's gone and approached this a different way around. If you have to isolate that failure down to you know what part broke what you know, what equation did I use that wasn't right? What's the situation here? I guess if you use it as a driving force rather than like a reflection on your work, that's probably a more healthy attitude. 
And I, some years ago, heard um, a head of innovation from PricewaterhouseCoopers um, recall this story from Fermi, the scientist, which was that there is no such thing as failure. There's either data or discovery. The experiment either goes the way you thought it would or it doesn't, in which case you learn something. And I think that that's a better framing, frankly, because part of what it does is it puts the onus on the scientist or the person who's taking the risk to have a hypothesis. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to do something and did it go the way you thought or not? And what did you try? What else can you try? You know, and so the creativity that's necessary to keep finding your way forward towards data and discovery is a lifelong journey. You can apply it to relationships, right? I mean, you can apply it to anything. It's hard. I'll be honest. Um, I have friends that have stepped out to raise children and it was really hard to come back because things get updated, you know, procedures, processes, how things are done. And so it's hard to get back in. And then I have other friends who maybe did it part-time. So devoted time to their kids, but worked part-time. So they always had a foot in the door. They may have not gotten as far as they would have had they not worked half days and taken some time off, but they were able to eventually get back to it and work to their to achieve their goals by just keeping their foot in the door. It's tough. I mean, I feel like early childhood is so important and you want to spend your time with your kids, but it is, I have seen that it's tough to get back in the workforce when you take more than a, you know, two years off in any field. And I've heard this from so many moms who have become stay-at-home moms. I think a lot of it is growing up and being able to do it in a controlled setting, such as school. Um, I wasn't the best student, but I pushed through I was really happy with the grades. I was able to make personal goals and reach all those personal goals um, and have done that my entire life. So it's like, if if I've done it before, I can, I can do it again and keep believing in myself, push past this hurdle. It may be from the outside looking like she's somebody who has nearly everything, but um, it's not just happened, you know, it doesn't just happen to any one of us. By putting our effort in and focusing on things, um, you know, I think that's where I truly do believe is, you know, we can only do the best we can. Um, and I suppose talking with a friend um, now who, who's, you know, our friends who are in a situation where they do want to um, pursue a certain path, whether it is um, that they want to, want to focus you know, say within the world of STEM, you know, in that in that role, and therefore leave, um, you know, the, I suppose focus more on um, maybe having a family or meeting somebody or going off traveling or pursuing other interests. I suppose it's just taking it back and saying, well, what's what's stopping that um, for you, um, and and just keeping yourself open to it. It's I, I can never speak on behalf of another woman. Um, or or any other person to say um, what would it be like if I hadn't had children or what that must feel like for you Um, but I think it's just knowing that I focused on what was really making me happy um, making sure I you know I fulfilled that and then I met my husband but prior to that there there was times when I really did want to meet somebody and I did feel lonely and I did wonder if I ever would um, but I just made sure that I continued to do the things I really loved doing. Um, and I think I was just lucky to grab the opportunities when I could. 
Well, for me, I've never seen it as a competition. I mean, the only competition has always ever been with myself. And I think that it hasn't really bothered me whether there have been men or women around me. Um, I think that, I don't think it's necessarily healthy to see a competition between the genders, because as I said, I think we all bring something great to the table. And if anything, we're on the same team, we're on the same side. Um, but what we do need to focus our attentions on is how best to work together to kind of like uh, optimize what we get from each other. Um, and yeah, I mean, competition, well, competition can be healthy, but it's, I don't think it should be between the sexes. And also a lot of the responsibility of keeping a home together usually falls on the woman. And I have found that women now, especially in this time, are actually waiting longer to have kids, to have to start a family, um, because they, so, they we're starting to put our careers first now because we want to do as much as we can so that if we were to leave the race tomorrow, by the time we come back, at least, you know, we, we can still keep up with our peers. So I think it's 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 unfair, <laughs> but you know, this is this is the role of a woman. We are the ones who have the womb, we're the ones who can birth the children. So I think that sometimes puts us at a, at an unfair disadvantage compared to men. Um so because you know again if you leave your if you leave uh, your career say maybe six, seven years going after your PhD you know, and then you want to come back, you know, you have to kind of catch up, first of all, with what's happened in the field. And then before you actually are eligible to, it will take a couple of years before you're eligible for a more senior position again. So, yeah, I think, I think this is my own theory that probably that's why um, men are in more senior positions um, than women in science or in STEM um, disciplines. Because if you think I failed, that means you messed something up rather than this failed and what can I do to fix it? Everything kind of just, it comes from happiness and being happy, but also just being happy with um, everything you have in your life. So I just think like job satisfaction is, is super essential. Being happy with your group of friends and relationships, making sure there's no toxic people in your life. I think um, having it all, um, in this day and age um, just requires being financially stable, um, living somewhere safe and just being satisfied with your current situation and just being content. And I, I think I'm, I am almost there and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy and I'm actually really proud to be almost fully content with what I have. But I feel like the image of someone who, quote unquote, has it all, you know, in 15 years for me and is an engineer is like someone who can manage to balance a healthy relationship with a job, with a family, with still having friends and doing social things. And I think what I've just created is more than there are hours in the day. You know, it's a pretty impossible standard to live up to. But that's what the, you know, the phrase makes me think of. It's, it's one thing to enjoy it and it's another thing to feel like you you belong and you see people like you i think you know it's it's it makes for an amazing environment if you have those two things working for you working on that i do have a lot of anxiety um just the whole um what we were talking about before with perfectionism 
and trying to to reach that but I just just the um I don't know I have a drive to keep moving forward and I think maybe that's what keeps me balanced um I do try and keep myself in check I think having friends you can call when you're sad or stressed and um people you can rely on really help um with all of that um emotional um kind of stress but no I'm I'm not balanced (laughs) Um, and so I think that's my sort of take on failure is I do think we need to allow people to experiment, but even the word experiment, I mean, this is the benefit of what the scientific method has given us. And I think if we could help young people orient towards what experimentation means and you normalize that data and discovery is part of any experimentation, that's how we've ended up where we are. That's what progress is founded on. I still have a lot of, um, confidence issues that I'm working, um, with so it's kind of the fake it until you make it so so i remember i remember feeling some pressure it was probably just internal but like i remember thinking my physics teachers have put in so much effort um you know in office hours and like all the support and all the mentoring like if i leave physics i feel like in some way i will be letting them down um and i found that that was so misplaced like they've all gone through paths that that took them to places they never expected. You know, I had a physics professor who started out as a theater major. <laughs> so you just, you just never know what, which way. And I think, you know, um, opening up a little bit about feeling pressures helped bring out their stories as well and their support. And, um, and I also felt like, you know, going to this, this pretty good school, a lot of other friends had jobs lined up that were really high paying or really prestigious. They're like, I'm going to be working at the top tech companies in the the country. And, and I felt like I was nowhere near ready for that kind of commitment or to even know what I wanted to do. And I felt like, like everyone was sort of figuring it out in my social groups and I wasn't. (laughs) So I felt pressure to like really do something with my life, but also to stay in physics and I, I think it took me a little while to work through that. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. And um, what do you think it will take to help women not drop out? I think one, which is a little obvious, is for professors to be more encouraging um, and to not say things like, oh, well, you shouldn't be in this major, because <laughs> that's kind of just a slap in the face, especially for a woman of, okay, well, I guess I'm just not cut out for anything in science because I don't get this. Um, But I also think it'll take, uh, I guess, just family and friends of those people being more encouraging. Even if the woman isn't blatantly saying, I am struggling with my choice. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I think it just takes some more encouragement. And um, so I try to do that with my friends or um, family members. I've always thought that a woman who doesn't shout too loud but when she has something to say, it does have a lot of depth and a lot of substance to it. Those are the kinds of women that have always sort of made me look up and listen because I really do believe that it's, it's a woman that has something of substance to say that will make the greatest impact. And I, I think that's, I, I feel the same way with men as well, but just speaking about women specifically, when there's something of depth there, then it really does make me sort of sit up and listen to that. Just giving up a little bit of your time can really make a difference for somebody. No, I would definitely still recommend STEM to women, but I would I would encourage you to have a passion for it if you're going to do it. Uh, and 
I would remind people that taking care of themselves is really important and that it's okay if you ask yourself periodically and, and reevaluate what your goals are based on what you want and what your needs are. I think it's difficult sometimes to get into a situation where we feel like we have to pursue a certain thing because we said at one point that we were going to. And if that thing is not healthy for you and it's not a thing that you want, then you should feel like you can you can change your mind. You can go in a different direction. That's okay. Making education fun was probably a pretty big thing that helped me. I think having it all for me means having a really good, healthy balance of of a career that I enjoy, but also a, a social life that is completely outside of my career and hobbies that are outside of my career and um, things that are not just trying to push my career forward and relationships that are not meant to support my career, but are meant to just be part of the human experience. So having, having a healthy balance in your life, I think is for me is what having it all means. I think it's so important to encourage other women to go into STEM. It's such a rewarding and interesting field. And I feel like, you know, maybe women are discouraged or intimidated and I really don't want them to be. I want to share my experience to encourage more women to explore STEM fields as well as public health. I've regretted that at times I have wished to be other than what I am. And those are probably the darkest times. Um, and I think that culturally, you know, anyone who's blazing a trail in different ways, women are very quick to feel that, that they're in the wrong or they have no right to be there. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the thing to look out for. Is when you feel that, why, why is that so? And is that true? And what else could be true? I think what is really valuable is having people who are passionate about what they're doing. And I would love for any woman who has a passion for science and engineering to be able to pursue that and to not feel as though she was dealing with a bunch of extra burdens for choosing that route over a different route. That's it for today. Isn't there something so liberating about letting your guard down and speaking your truth? It's not easy being in a minority as a woman in STEM or otherwise, but through this Christmas compilation series of six episodes, I hope you get some inspiration and comfort on how to be your best self and live up to your own fullest potential. Thanks for listening to my six-day Christmas compilation series and catch you tomorrow for episode 27 of Silence.